Hey, what's up, Warrior? This is Jeff from WarriorLife.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 368. So, you're at work when suddenly all of the lights go out, and one of your coworkers says that they just contacted their neighbor, who is a local police officer, and said that there's been an explosion at a local power station, and there's news that's a terrorist attack, synchronized with two other bombs set off at a local shopping mall and a local passenger bus. Now, it's daytime, so your kids are at school, You try to reach your spouse on the phone, but the lines are down. You know that they were planning on running errands all day. They could be anywhere, and already the pandemonium is happening out in the streets. People rushing around, trying to get back to their homes. And when an instant disaster crisis hits, it's going to be your number one concern. And that is making sure that your family is together so that you can protect them for whatever may come next. Let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Jeff Anderson, Executive Director of WarriorLife.com. All right. Now, frankly, this is one of the most frequent questions that I get from the clients that I coach on creating their survival plans. And unfortunately, when most people are making their plans, they always tend to visualize the best case scenario for them to go into action. And you and I both know that Murphy's Law is going to dictate that something is going to stand in your way. And having your family together is one of the key factors in being able to carry out your plan because you're not going to be in the right mindset to take appropriate action if you have no idea where your kids are or if you're thinking that your spouse is out there somewhere in the middle of the chaos, potentially in harm's way. That's why you must have a plan to bring everyone together when you may be torn apart. And here are seven quick survival communication tactics to rally your family in an instant disaster. So number one is to have pre-designated rally points set up well ahead of time. So what you want to do is you want to set up a primary and a secondary rally point to pull your family together just in case you're split up and an instant crisis happens. Someplace that everybody is going to know where to go if they can't make it back home. Now, a thing here, though, is that you want to be very cautious about where your rally points are. So in an instant crisis, there are always going to be wolves of our society who are going to take advantage of that chaos and they're going to be looting stores, robbing citizens, or it could just break out into a violent mob because they don't think that there's going to be any consequences. The police are not going to be there to be able to protect you. So you don't want to use rally points that are near grocery stores or highways or other areas that could potentially be scenes of mass chaos. So you want to be very cautious about and think about the areas around your home or around the school or around your partner's, your spouse's work where there could be problem spots. You want to plan those rally points in a place that's centralized to everybody, that everybody can get there if under worse circumstances they had no vehicles, the roads were well blocked up, but they could actually get there. You want to have well-designated areas as a primary and a secondary. So that way you know if you get to the primary and they're not there, you can go to the secondary and hopefully somebody will be there. But the instructions are to get to one of those two if they can't get back home. Now, the second one is to have two out-of-state points of contact. Now, for some people, this might be 
taking the form of actually having a planned, like a retreat, you have a campsite somewhere or, um, but you have a good bug out location to get to. And this is assuming that your home is not the best place to be. It's going to be the easiest thing for most people that don't necessarily have a, a massive bug out plan already ready to go to look at who do they know in these other states or a location that's far enough away to get out of the chaos, but also safe enough that when they're there, they're going to be safe, but then also close enough that they can actually get there, especially if roadways are all blocked up or if you don't have a lot of uh, there's not a lot of fuel available because in this situation, like if the if the power goes down, so do the gas pumps, right? So what you want to do is here consider consider relatives or family, friends, whoever are in opposite directions of where you live to give you options if one area isn't available to navigate to. Now, tip number three is to distribute contact information to everybody. So I know you guys are not, I know you're going to know what I'm what I'm talking about here, but frankly. I, I don't, I don't know my girlfriend's phone number. Um, I think the only phone number I actually know is my son's. And that was just because I programmed it into my brain when he was a young kid and he's had the same phone for forever. But this is one of the stupidest and most avoidable mistakes that you can make in an emergency. I've, I've seen families on different sides of town unable to make contact with each other because they can't remember the number of the family members and they didn't have the contact list securely stored on them some way. So what you want to do is you want to create multiple copies of all family members contact information and distribute those copies to everyone that you're protecting so that everybody has everybody's numbers there. Now this can simply go on a laminated business card and go into your wallet or purse, or your kid's backpack. So somebody always has one on them. Okay, tip number four is to think outside of that contact box. So consider the people that your family is most in contact with and think of them as alternative points of contact if you can't reach your loved one when an event happens. So for example, if you're a parent, you should have your kid's school or their daycare contact information on you, including their teacher's cell phone numbers, if of course they agree to share them with you. So that way, if, if your kids are in school and their office is sure to be drowning in calls, so being able to contact your children's teacher directly can help bypass any obstacles that you're going to get from hitting all those phone lines going into this, the school all at one time. Okay, now tip number five is to use two-way radios. So this is dependent upon the distance that you and your family may be separated by during normal daily activities. Um, so long range walkie talkies could be a good option for your everyday carry bags or your emergency car kits. You just want to make sure that you test out the range. Like, like for me, it was my kid was at school and I'm at home. And so I wanted to test out that range there of the walkie talkies because the range listed on the packaging is always under ideal kind of like flat terrain conditions, no buildings in the way. And they might not be accurate to, to your area. So don't pick up a set of walkie talkies and they say a 32 mile range, but you can only get maybe like three to five miles out of it. You've got to be able to test these things out, but they can be a great backup communication means. And my son always had the other walkie talkie on him at school. He knew if there was a crisis that he was going to turn to that uh, just in case. That, I mean, they, they weren't allowed to have cell phones anyway. All right, tip number six is a sideband radio. So I got this tip a while ago from survival communications expert, David Pruitt. 
And for long-term disaster preparations, David recommends getting a radio. But while many experts are out there are going to tell you to use a ham radio or get a ham radio license, he's not that huge of a fan. And personally, I'm not either. I mean, I don't have a ham radio license, but it does require a license to have a ham radio. Now, do they have great range? Can you um, can you get in touch with other people, especially other ham radio operators are more prepared typically. So you would have good contact with a network out there that would be very beneficial to you. I know a lot of you actually do have your ham radio license. For me, I never got it, don't have time, whatever, but it does require a license. And so for most, for most people, that's not really going to be a great option unless they're like really into this stuff. It's also heavily regulated by the FCC, and then tabs are kept on everyone that does have one of those licenses. So instead, you might want to opt for a sideband radio, which a lot of people know as like a citizens, citizens band radio or a CB. And make sure that has like a good antenna and it has an amplifier on it as well. You can also have one of those home bases that's going to allow you to have a really good rig at your home. And if you need to reach your, I think they make portable ones as well that look like walkie talkies. And those are great options, especially if you've got a base radio that's going to give you more range and you'll be able to, to reach them. Now, the other good thing about CB radios is that truckers use them. And so you can get great up-to-date information on traffic jam locations and alternative routes in the case of like a mass evacuation. And if everything's all clogged up somewhere, you're going to be able to have people that might be able to direct you to a better way to get out of there. Now, I've heard other people talk about recommending marine radios, which are used for boating because it could have a longer range there. And I've heard good things about that. I haven't used them actually myself, been planning on that for quite a while. I know that there are regulations on that as well, such as they're only supposed to be used for marine purposes. However, that being said, if it is truly an emergency, I don't think you're going to be in all that much trouble if you have to use them. And tip number seven here is text messaging. So in an emergency, if you can't use your cell phone to call, send an SMS text message instead. So the phone systems, if they are still operable, are most likely going to be overloaded in a crisis due to everyone jamming up the airways at the same time, trying to get a hold of all of their loved ones also. So you're going to have a much better chance of getting through to a loved one via text message. As pretty much everyone out there can attest to, if you've ever gotten a text message where it's like a few hours after somebody sent it or even maybe a day or so before or after somebody sent it, then text messages are going to, they're going to kind of sit in queue there until there's an opening for them to be able to be sent. So that could give you an opportunity if you need to text out to one of your loved ones and let them know, hey, um, don't go back home. Uh, the roads are too clogged there. Let's go to Rally Point A. And then you can get that, that message there. Everybody should know what Rally Point A is. And that way you can send that message that way. Now, of course, you want to have a backup system. So that doesn't require communication so that if they do get back home, somehow they manage to make it there and you're not there, then there should be if you if you leave there, you can leave a note, go to go to rally point A and um, or if there's no note there because you never got back there, then they would know. The next thing to do is to go to rally point A. OK, so you need to work that out with your family about what that actually is. Okay, so these seven strategies can really help you kind of cover the basics of protecting your family during a disaster when you really need to get everybody together. And I think it's an area that a lot of people just really don't pay a lot of attention to. But 
you, you simply can't prepare enough for this critical factor. You really have to rally your, rally your family together to make sure that you're all safe and sound, you've got the right mindset, and you can take that next step in your plan. The last thing you wanna do is to have your entire family be out there fumbling around in a disaster area, trying to reach each other, when what you need to do is be able to come together and make it safely as a single unit. So not only is this going to save you a lot of stress and worry, but it could literally save your lives because it's gonna help you avoid getting trapped in that chaos that everyone else is gonna be stuck in because they didn't prepare. So now I'd like to hear what steps you found useful for making sure that you and your family have a backup rally plan. So go ahead and leave a comment over on our blog over at warriorlifepodcast.com and let me know what you thought of this episode in the comment section there. And hey, I wanna give a quick shout out to Sergeant Miyagi who left us a five-star rating on our podcast and said, this is my top podcast. I listen to a few other podcasts, and this is undoubtedly the best one for me, info-wise, especially episode number 334. Got to go look and see what that one actually is. But uh, he said, totally focused on readiness and preparations without sounding extreme and loony. Short, to the point, practical advice from a credible and experienced source. So... Thank you, Sergeant Miyagi. I really appreciate the five stars and getting the word out there. Now, listen, if you're loving our podcast, please go and leave us a badass review wherever you listen in to our podcast. You can find us and subscribe to our channel on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast fixed from. Plus, don't forget to check us out over on the tubes of you over at youtube.com slash warrior, where we release a new video every week. Eh, you know what? haven't really been on the weekly schedule lately. We're trying to get back on track here. But you want to make sure that you do subscribe and hit that bell while you're there so that you don't miss a single episode. And until our next Warrior Life podcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.